Hey everybody, welcome to a special edition of the Savage Gentleman Pod Live Podcast. We got a great show lined up for you. We got some good buddies that are here that it's gonna be interesting. So that's why we named it the Manly Manual. Or so grab your manual manual and get ready to take notes. So we've got Josh, the crash test dummy for Ready Man is here as always, and then we've got you guys remember Ed from our last live podcast, Ed Hafer father of BRCC. And then we've got Bert Kuntz from Peacemaker Trading, who's uh, helping us out as well, like last time. And then tonight, we are today, or whatever it is, we've got we've got our special guest, Buster, who came in from Texas. So, Buster, hey, tell us a little bit about yourself. <laughs> I'm Buster Fraxton. I grew up in West Texas, I guess. So. I live up around Fort Worth, right west of Fort Worth, about 20, 25 minutes. I run a ranch up there, cow calf operation, run some yardlings, and cowboy for a living. So when you say you run a ranch, is that like one of these ranches that like Hollywood owns, where it's like nice plush grass fields and <laughs> no. stuff like that? Or is no, it, it's, it's is this great. like a no? Is this like a no shit ranch? It's old school, pretty much no shit ranch. It's uh, yeah, I mean we run cows for a living, do it kind of the old way. Wow. How many acres? There's about 75 more acres that I take care of there. Like Jamie and Christmas. And, and how many, uh, how many, you had a cattle yet? Well, that's a... That's <laughs> 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 the good question. So, so uh, is that a fashion faux pas? Yeah, it's, I guess. So it's kind of like me asking you how much money you have in a bank. Oh, really? Oh. Oh, you would I think no I would be rude if I asked you. So what's the, what's the proper way? Should I say is like, are you running like... A lot of cows, or <laughs> a few cows. No, or? it's a, I, you know, I don't even know if there really is a proper way. I mean, it, how would there be a proper way of me asking you how much money you have? Fair enough. And, and as we go through this yeah. today, we're going to yeah. learn a bunch of faux pas. I had no idea, so. Yeah. yeah, we should probably mark that down in the manly manual. Right. No, oh, for God. real. So, st- stuff like that, and when I started working for Buster, and, and, uh, would do st- ask questions like that, or you know, it, w- we come from a tactical background, and when when you're when you're working somewhere and it's a hot, you know an austere environment and there's blood, dirt, whatever, you keep your gloves on. So, first time, <clears throat> one of the first times I met one of Buster's friends who runs another ranch, I left my glove on to shake his hand. Oh. And, and the way Buster and these guys operate is, I didn't get I didn't get my uh, hand slapped at the time, but about 20 minutes later, Buster came over and said, pulled me aside and, you know, politely said, hey, when you shake a man's hand in Texas, take you your take your glove off. off. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, that's, but, it's always been real. I mean, but I didn't know, you know, I, again, I, I didn't know that, that that was the courtesy. Uh, so, but there's, that's one of a hundred different things that I didn't know. Like, you know, I was opening fences for him and walked in front of some guys on horseback and again, not in front of everybody to embarrass me or, or beat me down, but after that Buster would pull me aside and say, Hey, don't ever walk in front of a man on horseback again. Anything you can do on your feet they can do better on a horse. Stay out of the way. Wow. Wow. So little again, little things like that. So that is that is that a safety thing though too? <coughs> it's not it's a respect thing. It's a it's a safety thing, I guess you would say, but more or less a respect thing. You know, I mean, a man on the ground is, you know, which is needed a lot of the times, but the man horseback, and that's always came from, I guess, and the way I tried to put it to Bird is, it'd be like y'all doing an operation. The man that goes through the front door, he's the first guy in, the next guy in, the next guy in, the next guy in. You stay to where you're supposed to be because that's your safety, and that's where, when I look over or you look over, you know that man's on your left and you know that man's on your right. And so it's kind of the same, but a little different. Uh, it's a more of a respect thing where you don't you don't walk in front of somebody. Mm-hmm. Just like you hold the door open. You, I wouldn't walk up to a door with me and you walking in the door and pull the door open and walk right in front of you, you know. It's right. kind of rude. <clears throat> so, what, so what we're talking about really is we're, we're, we're seeing some of this stuff from the old time well, not even old time because it should be now time, but old time respect and kind of where it came from and also that it's still applicable in a lot of stuff in there. And I'm sure a lot of that stems from, right. you know, just like what you said is don't get don't get in front of a don't get in front of a horse if you're walking because hey, I, I find that incredibly interesting. It's like if we had more of that in life today throughout the world, you know, it's like nothing bothers me more than 
some kid moving in front of me, opening the door and letting it slam in your front face. of my face. Yeah. And it's just like, hey, bro. You know? <laughs> well, you, you again, like savage gentlemen. So yeah. when you're out there, the other part of this is I, 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 again, I wasn't, I didn't grow up on a farm or a ranch and don't ride horses. But when I started working for Buster, you know, get running as fast as I could, getting out of the truck, running over to open a, a gate for these guys. And you'd have 10 or 15 guys going through horseback. And again, these are, how old are some of those guys out there like Terry Blue that works with you or, or nah, some of those guys? They're, they're, you know, late 50s, early 60s. Just some kids. And, and these yeah. just kids, <laughs> just kids. But my point is these guys all the way down to, to you know, 20 to 20 year olds, but they all ride together and they're doing their, they're, other than them having cell phones every now and then because they got to do business, if you took a snapshot or you're around them, it, it hasn't changed. You look at photos from the early 1800s all the way up. It, the their same. gear is the wow. same. Their dress is the same. The mannerisms, but <clears throat> opening a gate for them, you'd have 15 guys riding through on horseback that you just watched them drive a 1,200 to you know 1,400 pound horse moving hundreds of cows. <laughs> And they all go through this gate, and every time they go through the gate that I'd open it up, they go through the gate, and it's, thank you, sir, thank you, Bert, thank you, sir, thank you, sir. That happens 30 times in a half a day out there. And every time they go through, there's an order. They all, it's like clearing a house in the tactical world. Yeah. They all funnel through. Everything's done. Hey, room clear, room clear, whatever it is. But Well, I, I guess, you know, it's like when I was growing up, my dad, you know, my dad was in the Air Force and we lived in some of the Plains states. And I remember distinctly my dad, you know, I was born in Nebraska and, and uh, so there's nothing but farm country out there. I remember my dad once saying, he's, he's like, they shouldn't call it farming. They should just call it work. Because, and then I guess ranching is the same way I've got a good buddy of mine well it's not a good buddy anymore I mean he, this was years and years ago he was a Kansas uh, cattle rancher and I think they had I can't remember they had probably similar amount of acreage and he used to tell me the work that went on every day and I was just absolutely amazed I was like man that, that sounds like it's bone grinding work. Well, <laughs> work and that's I mean that but you develop a respect at that point with each other because Really, if you walk around Black Rifle, it's the number one thing that we... It doesn't matter what you did in your past life. You know, it doesn't matter if you were a super commando or whatever. It's like, who's working and who's not is is the defining, you know, the defining feature around the halls right now of BRCC. So it's... Same. Yeah, and it's... it's, it's world, yeah. Yeah, Black Rifle, we went to dinner, Evan and JT and Matt, and somebody else was at dinner, and we went to dinner... And I had a friend who was in town that I served with in in uh, in Okinawa, and he started talking about military stuff. Mm-hmm. And Evan and I, were, you know, I was th- I'm looking at Evan, and it's, it, I was, you know, Kenny asked me, "Hey, what are you what are you looking at?" And I'm, it was the first time it had been four and a half months since I had talked about anything military related because I'd been in the Black Rifle building all day long, and it's just like you said, you come here and people just work. Yeah. Nobody cares where it's you're 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 judged on the value that you bring to the work that day and these guys are the epitome of that it is it is it is a remarkable to watch i suggest all you guys if you're ever down in texas to, to see buster and come out there and work for half a day or a day yeah come it on. is it is remarkable well i think I mean, that's, it's remarkable it's, i just think it's really cool you know that, that we still have this sense of gentlemanly etiquette that exists and it may be only in this small sector because we look across you know modern times and you don't really see that kind of stuff anymore so i'd love to i think it's growing you think so it's coming back you know i get really disgusted a lot of times to young people and stuff but even the last four or five years you i think you can see little parts little parts of it maybe growing a little bit because yesterday i went to walk in this building this guy and his young son probably 14 or 15 years old. It was kind of a, a casual meeting at the interest, and, and that young man reached up and opened the door for me. And and you just don't, you very rarely see that anymore. And and so and and I I, th- I hope it's growing. And and Buster's Buster's ranches. You know, I grew up on a ranch, a little ranch, but five acres and three head of cows. And my dad raised beef and sold them, and we pastured them out. But it it's that was a much smaller scale than his, but we were up at daylight, milking the cows, chopping the wood, and we never finished till late at night, you know, and the, the milk was separated, and the, you know, if we had to, if we had to butcher them, we was all involved in the butchering, the chickens, and the cows, and the pigs, and, and whatever was, whatever was the, the, and we never, 
we never, ever, ever dis disrespected a woman, ever. If my dad would have ever saw me disrespect my mother or any of the people around me, I, I don't know what would happen. Quick ticket to an ass whooping. Oh, yeah, and, and I got a lot of them. Just, <laughs> <laughs> but, but I, I think every time I look across here, my dad loved bulls. He raised pole, pole Hereford bulls, and and they were pets. I mean, absolute pets. Well, I'm just, I'm just a kid. I'm 10 or 12 years old. I got my own 22, and I'm shooting squirrels and do whatever out behind the house. And I see the bull walking along with the big scrotum between the legs. <laughs> <laughs> so this is going to be fun. And that bull was straight, straight in the air. Well, Dad had no idea what happened. <laughs> had no idea what happened. But the bull all of a sudden got mean. Dad Rightly so. Dad, Dad, <laughs> mean. Dad didn't like mean bulls. <laughs> so that bull got butchered as time went on. And, and uh, oh, wow. Dad sold the good parts of the meat because that's where the money was. So the family ate the heart and the liver and the lungs and the testicles. <laughs> well, there that 22 short was buried in the testicles <laughs> when he went to cut them open. I had just thought I had a whipping before that. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Bad day. Wow. That's that's old school ballistics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now I know why my, my bull got so mean. But like I said, I had several. Uh, I, I always believed that I had ADHD, but it was only as long as my dad's arm. <laughs> stories you just can't make up so so buster when, when you're out on the ranch what is the i mean everybody has the jobs that they just they're like oh we got to do it and they, you drop your head and you just grit your teeth and chew through it what is on running a ranch what is that or what are those i guess those jobs oh man um anywhere from building fence building fence is a long monotonous hard hard ass job that yeah. you know depending on and it doesn't depend on where you're at i mean it's a it sucks i i built a, <laughs> i built a constantina wire fences we had to build our own base in haiti back in the 90s when we deployed down there and so it was picket pounders mm -hmm. and then string and barbed wire with trying not to like shred your hands right. or your legs on that thing and it was and it and our fence was like you know, it'd be like running a fence around like the ready man or maybe around this building. So it was essentially nothing. Yeah. Imagine 7,500 acres. Oh my God. It was just bad. I, so I can attest the stringing <laughs> fence is unbelievable. And it was in the Haitian, you know, middle of summer in right. the Caribbean. And it was like. Of course, that's when you want to build fences. Always. It's summertime when you, it's too hot to do any <laughs> livestock work. So you have to find other work when in, in the heat of the summer. So that's when you go build fence. You know, it's in the blazing ass hot sun. And, <laughs> It's a, you know, I mean, you might string three, four, five miles of fence and drive, you know, a T post every ten foot, twelve foot. Oh, yeah. And, Do you guys use the, the oh, picket yeah. pounders for T post? T-Post drivers. So it's probably, it's probably why you're built like a linebacker. <laughs> you were lucky. Do, yeah. do, you, do you lift weights? Yeah, pick a pounder. Uh, yeah. Well, and that's, so he, he, he'll, work, he'll work out there for 12 hours in 95-degree Texas heat, and then he comes in, changes clothes, grabs a bite to eat, and he goes to the gym for an hour Are you half. serious? So he's... Wow. he's that's outrageous. Yeah. Gosh. And these, but these guys, again, out there with him, you have somebody that's 65, 55, 65 years old, and you watch these guys, and if you saw them at the grocery store, you'd go, "My guy's a cowboy," and you know, you, you wouldn't you wouldn't guess the shape that they're in. But then they get on the back of a horse, or they start branding and sorting and doing all this stuff with the cows. Jeff, these guys are some of the most phenomenal athletes that I've so, so that, Bert, I, that I've ever seen. So Bert, when you first started working down there on the ranch, how sore were you by the end of the first week? By the end of the first day, uh, that, that, so that first, and I came out there, and that's the stuff that I, I thought, again, I, I said it the other night, I thought I was going to be roping and <laughs> riding horses, and I was a special forces guy for 10 years. I, I said, this is going to be awesome, and my first few months working for him was just fixing fences and doing work around the, uh, around the ranch, and it was... Uh, that first week, specifically the first night, the second night, I've never slept that good in my entire life, ever. And again, I'll, I'll say it, 
you know, I'd probably get beat up for saying this for, by some guys, but working for Buster on the ranch is the hardest work that I've ever done in my life. But at the same time, you're out there with, it, there's no radios, there's no phones. It's just a couple guys out there fixing fence for half a day or a day, a week, whatever it is. It's actually probably the most enjoyable job that I've ever done in my entire life too, to include the military, which was incredibly gratifying wow. and rewarding. But there's just something about that kind of work. It's, it, it is. Well, so Bert, how would you stack that kind of work against the rigors of the selection process? Where do they? It, it's, it's, it's different. And Evan and I were talking about it. Evan, Evan Hafer, we were talking about with Buster yesterday you, you look at something like special forces assessment selection and then Evan said, you know, I was halfway through it and I thought about, you know, what we're doing out here in rucksacks, marching in, ruck marching in the wood, doing log PT, rifle PT. And he's like, I'm looking around going, man, my dad and my granddad and all my dad's buddies were loggers growing up and, you know, this was work for them. Yeah. We're out here in the middle of a field at Camp McCall doing four hours of log PT or in a, in a PT pit. Mm -hmm. And these guys are throwing around. That was you know, there every day. Every, every single day falling, you know, Buster, trees I, and. Buster was talking about building fence. When I, my grandson was first, when he, when he first started really observing things, that we still have the home place and both home places actually. And he was running around the home place and I don't know what I was doing. And mom and dad had, long been gone and we were up there cleaning up or something and and try, trying to you know clean the place up working on the barn or something and he come back and said grandpa how come those fence posts are so close together he said they're only two or three feet between them so i kind of kicked my feet i said well if i didn't get a whipping i dug fence post holes <laughs> and we didn't drive them we dug them mm -hmm. with a shovel so dad would say and he said you know son if those posts get too close together that you can't combine can't get dirt between them fill up the first hole you dig duck dig another one <laughs> and, and that's great I, wow. I dug a lot of fence posts <laughs> that's great and he would buster would send me out to do some fence stuff or give me a list and the list the list that he would give somebody you know you look at the list and it would take four people to get this done and I didn't realize that. So I'm scrambling as hard as I could <laughs> to get all this stuff done. But no one, no, he, he knew chance. I had zero, zero, zero chance. So I'm scrambling through. And every now and then, and again, the property's pretty big. I mean, it's, it, it's, it's pretty big. So I, he would have me do this here and then go back to this back pasture, or this, this, this area, got them all numbered. And then he would go look at it. I'd leave it like six or seven o'clock at night and finish. And then he'd go out early in the morning, the next morning and just, just checking on cows. But he would come back and he'd say, Hey, in this area, this number, this fence by this pin that you did uh, the, you know, the top of the fence four inches from here, you messed up. Why'd you do it that way? Or you need to go back and fix that. And I mean, this is a list of 22 things, but that's just how, that's how they operate. They know their operational environment on the ranch so well. Wow. And it is, and it is, it is good, good, good work. So good, hard, solid, simple work. So kind of switching gears on you. Um, is cattle rustling still a, is yes. that still a thing? Does that still happen? Big, big time thing. Really? Last few years, cattle market got really high so cattle were bringing top dollar with more than they ever have and cattle rustling is a big big thing like it's i mean do they still hang cattle rustling? no they don't hang you they send you to the penitentiary for a long time if they catch you and when they they will catch you i mean it's just an inevitable deal um you know i mean it's one of them deals where the people it's just like anybody that steals from you they're better at it if they know your game if they know the environment, if they know how to go about doing it, they're they're pretty good, you know. I mean, a guy that works at a bank probably going to be a pretty good bank robber if he's worked there twenty years. He right. knows the ins and outs right. of it. So it's a it's not your guy from town that's coming to steal them, you know. It's guys that that are on the lower end. Them sorry some bitches is what I call them. That you know that are looking for an easy dollar that don't want to get out there and work. They'll come steal your cattle anyways. But yeah, it's a big deal, and they don't they don't hang you. But they will send your ass to the prison for a long time. 
Wow. Rightly so. I think they ought to. I think they ought to hang you because they would eliminate a lot of that shit. Yeah. yeah. So is it like one cow is what's I mean what's a cow so on, on average worth and, and how do you figure out how do you even figure out the worth of a cow? <laughs> it's kind of a, a weight, I guess. They sell cattle on the on a weight scale. Uh-huh. So like a you know, a two hundred to four hundred pound steer will cost X amount of dollars. Or it so like you pay a dollar sixty a pound, say. Yeah. For a two hundred to four hundred pound. So a four hundred to a six hundred pound steer you might pay a dollar fifty two a pound for. What's the, what's the average size of a of a steer? A steer like a, so a butcher steer. A butcher steer weigh twelve, thirteen hundred pounds, which is a Whoa. big steer. Yeah. That's, I mean, big that's a big steer. So like you know what we do at the ranch we're a cow calf operation we'll raise them until they weigh seven to eight hundred pounds is kind of where we want to sell ours uh-huh. we'll sell them to a guy who generally sends them to a feed yard they will feed them from weighing 800 to 12 to 1300 pounds and then they sell them to a slaughterhouse and they slaughter them how do they how do they put so much weight on them that fast <laughs> they feed them just like i mean it's it's you know they stick them in a pen and they poured those guys it's pretty scientific nowadays they yeah. put an ear tag in their ear and every time they stick their head in the feed bunk they know exactly how much time that cow or that mm. steer has spent eating uh-huh. and they know what he weighed when he came in they know what he weighs when he goes out they know his conversion rate how many pounds of feed they're feeding him per day how wow. many pounds of weight pounds of beef that he's gaining every day yeah um you know there's those cattle that do better They'll pay a little more for. They do scientific research. You know that those guys come to me, and my conversion rates better than say birds cows. Then they'll pay me a little more because it keeps they have less input on to get that animal to a certain weight, so they can sell it to a slaughterhouse. So the less input, the more money that they're putting in their pocket. The huh. question about the uh, the cattle wrestling thing: Would it be cost effective at all to to microchip them in in some kind of way? Yes, and to, they do like them. There's some ear tags now that are that, that they they do have chips in them mm-hmm. that you can wave a wand and it'll have plugged into a laptop and it'll tell you where that animal belongs, where he came from, where he came, you know, what he's doing, where he came out of, and um, so yeah, that's. You know, I mean, and so you go back to the microchip. Well, that's kind of today's technology. The old microchip is a firebrand. Right. I mean, we brand, they, it's always, what do they say? Trust your neighbor, but brand your cows. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, that and the do, brand's been around do since you still, the Spaniards. Do you still brand? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I saw, I saw, I was reading a deal this morning about elk getting foot rot. Yes. And, and the, the, they're surmising why they got foot rot. Well, I can remember treating foot rot with blue blue vitrol. Was that, what was it? Probably so. That It's probably not on the market anymore. Um, they have some, they have some different stuff now, you know, I mean, antibiotics, injectable antibiotics that you give for just like if you got a sore toe. Okay. They give you an injectable antibiotics. There's some stuff called copper tox. That's a, it's a horrible smelling liquid in a squirt bottle. And it's, got a lot of copper in it i'm not real sure what's in well, it but it's do you, a, do you know what that was that what that blue stuff was i called? would imagine it's probably something on a similar line of that um, yeah, called, I, I can't remember what it was called but i remember yeah. we had to we had to treat that and it is stick to your fingers like oh, like, yeah. like aniseeds you, know mm-hmm. you couldn't hardly get it off yeah and that copper talks the same way you get it, it on you you smell it for two weeks yeah so it's what are a, some uh what are some like some because i need like glucosamine is one of those things that started out i think with ranchers with uh rancher yeah with ranchers um for joints and stuff what's some other stuff that that you guys do that's not readily known by by folks that uh, <laughs> like you bang yourself up like the liniments and stuff that liniments. you use on the use on the cows yeah. and horses, cow liniments. Um, <laughs> a lot of different things. I mean, there's some stuff that. Course, Do you use DMSO? DMSO, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you like tasting it, it works great. Yeah. It's a one of those deals. Matter of fact, I've got a little concoction made up that uh, it's betulin, DMSO, lidocaine, dexamethasone, and some. It's in a liquid form that you pour onto a cotton ball or a rag, and you can put it on a bump bruise, something, and it's it's a damn good concoction. Yeah. 
Yeah. Can you attest to this 18 Delta? Well, <laughs> just being out there with these guys, because Buster takes very good care of his cows, so, you know, he spends, what, every day you're doctoring, doing some kind of doctoring on, on, on your cows, so... Yeah. Again, the, the medicine, the vet medicine that goes into it too is remarkable from that kind of stuff to, you know, stuff that's traditional, traditional medicines that have been around forever. Uh-huh. Um, the last time I was out at the ranch with Buster, well, one of the last times Buster actually had a, a vet chiropractor there working on yeah. working on one of his horses which oh, was wow. yeah. which was remarkable to watch. Again, uh, you, you go to a chiropractor, don't you, Jeff? Yeah, oh yeah. yeah so watching watching a guy Got that was out there working on a 1200 1300 pound horse, that, yeah, for uh, calving purposes. Or no, this is for a horse, oh, it's for a horse. Oh, Buster. I feel like that's got to be a hell of a man to, yeah, start it's pretty work, remarkable. Working, working it's pretty on remarkable horse. to watch, yeah, it's, I mean, it's wow. pretty cool. It's a technique, you know. I mean, it's just like anything. I mean, you can a little guy can do a lot of things if he knows how to do it technique wise. I mean, it's like you fighting. You can fight a big guy, you know, but you know better techniques, so right, you come right. out on top. Usually. Same deal, usually, yeah. Not always. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it's, yeah, same deal. I mean, it's just like any athlete, just like any guy that's been in combat, you know, that's beat up, banged up, fucking, you know, I mean, just been through the ringer. Yeah. You, uh, your bones, your so joints, you not, get out not of the years, it's the mileage. What, yeah. One, one thing exactly. I got to ask is, is all the time I was growing up, we scalded our hogs. Do you still scald your hogs? I don't Skin have any. Skin them? Yeah, you no, don't have any? I don't have any hogs. We, we, we had a 50 what, is, what is scalding hogs? We had a 50-gallon barrel, and we had, had a tripod erected. We never skinned a hog and, and built a big fire under it, put the hog in the hot water, scraped it with a knife like you'd shave, scraped it right down so all the hide was left intact. And now they skin them. Yeah. I, I've never, huh. I've never been huh. around skinning a hog. Yeah, they scalded the hogs just because it lasted a little longer. I mean, back in the day, they salt that hog and just dry salt it, you know, or dry, I guess what you call dry storage, you know, where you salt it and just dried it in a dry house yeah. or a smokehouse. Where nowadays everybody skins them, so I don't know. I mean, I never was. Now, back when I was a youngster, we had chickens, and. I was probably eight or nine years old, and my dad and my uncle, one big day, they gathered up everybody, and we killed chickens and processed chickens there at the house, you know, and I remember them having a big pot of scalding water, yeah, and they'd take always, those chickens yeah, and dip them yeah. and then hang them and pluck Cut them. Cut their head off. Yeah. We always did that at home. Another thing my dad did, and I never really thought about it until now I was talking about it, is one of my horses had cut its hoof right back up here, and he hadn't ha didn't have any medicine real quick, so he just poured motor oil up, held right. onto it like that. A lot that. of time, huh? Yeah, a lot of. Right up. Well, old timers used motor oil and yeah. put a little turpentine yeah. in the motor yeah. oil, and then like say like yeah. when they brand calves or something. I've known some guys like where they firebrand them, and they take a brush, a paintbrush, and dip it in motor yeah. motor oil and turpentine and paint it on there where that firebrand was, yeah. just to kind of protect it huh. from the flies and just. Seal it up. So seal it, it up. So it yeah. Get yeah. So it doesn't huh. get infected. It'll heal a lot faster and peel a lot faster. Huh. They say. Now. Yeah. I, we I, don't do that stuff anymore. I mean, I I would imagine some people do, but uh, you know, everybody's got their own little yeah. ways about doing things. But you know, and there's there's a lot bigger ranches out there, and a lot better a lot better cowboys than I ever thought about being. You know, I mean, that I know of that are around. <laughs> Didn't you? Those guys are, well, speaking about good cowboys, and I know you probably don't want to toot your own horn, but I saw on, I believe it was the Peacemaker Instagram page, where where this fella got got the front cover of a magazine. Is that right? Yeah, Buster was on the cover of the last issue of uh, American Cowboy Magazine, and I'm shaking my head and laughing because, again, when these guys get out and they're working on together, whether it was Buster's place or somebody else's, you'll have six seven eight ten fifteen guys out there working and buster is a quintessential texan and a quintessential cowboy in the sense that he's one of the most humble guys you'll ever meet it's like you with your military and your 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 background with tactical background jeff every chance somebody got if i was with one of buster's buddies that's also ranchers and cowboys and buster wasn't around they'd pull me aside and said man you got really lucky working for this guy he's one of the best cowboys you'll ever find in texas or anywhere in america so He's being wow. super, 
super modest. He doesn't ever toot his horn, and that's kind of how those that's guys are. So, so now you were you that's were right you, there, you were educating me a little bit earlier where we were talking about cowboy versus cow puncher. Oh yes, and cow so, puncher. I really and, wanted and to get what into is that. What is the what's the you, you had a great way that you explained that. You well, and, I, and I'm again, I'm not a rancher, not a cowboy, so I'm I'm this is third party me watching these guys, but you know, and I they, they, I've never heard those guys call each other a cow. You'll never hear somebody like Buster say he's a cow puncher, but you you'll hear these stories and just being around them, they'll before they start working, it's just like going to the range or going on a mission. Before you go on a mission, you're kitted up in the kit up room, you're waiting for birds to land, waiting to get on vehicles, whatever, and guys are just kind of chatting about the mission, chatting about the day, but you're also chatting about life and you know, they'll start talking about some of these legends in, in Texas and, and New Mexico and Arizona and Oklahoma, these these ranchers and cowboys. Oh. And you'll hear them say it. So I've heard Buster say many times, man, that guy is a hell of a cow puncher, but you'll never hear him say that about himself. And I'll let Buster kind of explain that, but <laughs> but it, really cool history. And again, you go into Buster's house on the ranch and it is like a it is like a museum from eighteen hundred to present day. It's like a museum of Texas ranch history. He's oh, got more artifacts, more art, more pistols more rifles more you know the artwork and some of these texas photographers that are actual ranchers and buster can mention some of their names uh but it is the history behind ranching in america is incredible and when you really start to peel it back and that hasn't gone away you know people people ask me when i started posting on instagram that i was working on a ranch it's amazing how many people from special forces guys to people i went to high school said how the hell did you get a job i didn't even realize places like that still exist mm. They are, are they, everywhere. Do, not only do they exist, but do they exist to the same extent as they used to? I think even I think even even bigger. I mean, Buster yeah, will there's. I'm not real sure about bigger or, or as many. You know, I mean, there's yeah, they're whittling them down, just because of civilization. You know, I mean, they're coming into places and subdividing and buying ranches. But out. mouths, but there's more mouths to feed. <clears throat> right, there's more mouths to feed, but it also is a. The the cattleman, the rancher, they have increased their technology where they can feed more people per per person right. per ranch. Oh, so okay. it's it doesn't take. I mean, it's just like anything. The technology has improved. The way we raise cattle has improved. The cattle have improved over the years. So whereas you know, I don't know the numbers. There's guys that know the numbers a lot better than I do. But whereas back in the '50s, say one one 200 head operation fed 17,000 people let's say just for numbers now don't and now one 200 head operation will feed 35,000 people oh wow so I mean it's just that much better technology and has improved so much over the past 50 to 60 years you know even in the last 10 years you know I mean so well, ir irrigation has changed a lot yeah you too. know I mean it We've and grown. so you have more irrigated lands they can more feed they can grow more beef per acre now than what they could back then so yeah a lot of those times have a lot of the there's there's still ranches out there now don't get me wrong i'm not saying there's not because there is there's big ranches out there and there's old school ranches and like i said earlier there's guys out there that are way better cowboys done a lot more stuff than what i've ever even thought about doing that work on big outfits it's got lots of history mm -hmm. that are the real deal cow punchers cowboys vaqueros buckaroos so so circling back so, around yeah this we gotta is get where... back to cow puncher because here's the thing like <laughs> i've punched a lot of hard things in my life <laughs> the thought of punching a cow like just makes me cringe because so I mean that's yeah. got to be a really hard sob yes. to earn that title. So so please exactly yeah. So all right, we'll get into that deal. Like Bird was talking about. I mean we'll sit around and talk about this guy. Man, that guy's a hell of a cow puncher. Oh, that guy's the real deal. You know, I mean he he punched cows for a living. That's an old school cow puncher. You know, I mean that's kind of our jargon, our lingo, our slang. Uh, cowboys, cowboy, you know, I mean, you, you, you don't walk around calling yourself a cowboy. You don't walk around calling yourself a cow puncher. Now, if somebody else wants to call you that, hey, that's great. You've earned that, I guess, you know, I mean, and, and, and what's a, what's a buckaroo? A buckaroo is, uh, <laughs> so now we'll get in, now we'll get into the, the northern and the southern cowboys. So everybody kind of north, Utah, I, and I'm not real sure, but Utah's probably a little more buckaroo, vaquero. It's just a style. Um, like down in Texas, 
we will we wear leggings which are full length leather chaps is the everyday normal american chaps, yeah yeah which that's funny to me you know but anyways we call them leggings but down south they were full length um just the style difference you know i mean down south it's brushy we tie on the majority of guys tie on like when you're carrying a rope so you tie on hard and fast when you rope that thing it's tied to your saddle which is tied to your horse and you're hooked to him i mean whether you rope a 2000 pound bull or whether you rope a 200 pound calf when you, you're on for the ride you're you're hooked to him and that's you know i mean it's kind of one of them deals where then you get into the buckaroo vaquero kind of style where they carry a 60 foot rope we carry a 25 foot rope that's tied on hard and fast they carry a 60 foot rope that they dally because of just the terrain difference up mm -hmm. north it's more wide open there's yeah. not much brush down south in texas it's brushy you might have a little area like if you're running to rope something you might have a small area you know as big as this room that you're busting brush trying to get through and then it comes down. to an opening you got to have him roped and it's got to stop everything's got to cease so right now then. so now i've got a question for you because it's a it's a word that we throw around it's like you know when we talk to each other all the time but you watch old westerns and it was like an insult so what is the story behind the word dude dude ah. dudes hey buster some folks are they're having trouble hearing you so you well talking to the uh, okay. yeah and, and 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 i'll just I'll, I'll address that real quick so uh andrew back says too bad this guys can't use their microphones right uh too bad you can't use english right so thanks for chiming in there chief anyway let's get back to dudes uh, dude is a you know in our world is a dude is somebody that's green is somebody that's from town a townie uh, okay. we call them townies, townies. now okay. you know i mean townies. townies and uh <clears throat> but a dude is a you know a dude ranch that's where people from town go to ride horses and pet cows uh, you know okay. i mean that's kind of because it's like a non-stop like we it's every day hey dude what's dude up? this yeah. dude that yeah, yeah. So, you know, in our in our world, that's a... It, it says it all the time. Ed, <laughs> it, 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 Ed's, when somebody says dude around here, so I joke with Ed and say dude to him, but Ed, Ed, uh, Ed definitely does not like the term dude and definitely does not want to be called a dude. I bet Ed he's has made a that, of, He's made that real clear. Don't like call he, me dude. He may. He probably has a lot of terms that he, he doesn't, doesn't like. Yeah. Yeah, some, well, of, some of them aren't for public. That's, yeah. <laughs> One of the other things, you know, talking about this, stuff it's pretty fascinating and people america is built around you know built around cattle built around horses built around horsemen cowboys cavalry but when you get into it now every weekend in america somewhere there's a rodeo and that for me you know I, yeah. a rodeo to me before i met buster a rodeo was a rodeo but when you really start looking at it you get into rodeo bull riding and then what buster and these guys not only do they work ranches seven days a week 365 days a year 24 hours a day but they also compete on the weekends for what eight nine months of the year buster you guys yeah, are also tough, yeah. with the weather so there's no rodeo wow. season it's pretty much year round then with, yeah, with these guys a lot of rodeos year round and wow, what buster okay. i'll let him talk more about it but like buster does a lot of rodeo competitions in the for the working ranch cowboy association the wrca rodeo tour but I'll, I'll let Buster talk more about that because it's it's pretty remarkable. Like Buster does, the rodeos he does are, are five-man. I'll, I'll let Buster talk about it. But. You know, and as a side note, what's interesting, you know where when they were doing research on uh, um, Army just did a study, well, not just, it's probably 15 years old. They were trying to figure out the best way to take care of paratroopers because the paratroopers had this set of injuries that was particular to jumping from doing static line right. static line jumping and then impacting when the earth half the time very hard so they're trying to figure out the best way to it's like where do we go where there's been success and somebody figured out that the injuries sustained by guys in rodeo are very similar to injuries sustained huh. by paratroopers because you're getting bucked so it's that constant whiplash then you're throwing off the horse or the bull or whatever and slamming into the ground and so they started looking at rodeo road uh, rodeo competitions to figure out hey what are these guys doing because some rodeo guys have been doing it for 
years and years and years <laughs> and years. Well, and again, you go to these working ranch cowboy association or, the, or you go to the, the ranch rodeos, and some of these guys out there competing, and they're not just competing, they're kicking ass. They're 55, 60. I think one of, the guy in, you know, one of those guys out there was almost 70 years old and had been rodeoing for since he was yeah. 12 or 13 years old. Yeah, it's no, I mean, it, he does it for a living. It's second nature to him, you know, so, and it's nothing to go put up some money and compete against somebody that's been doing it also. So, I mean, guys that do it, as long as they're healthy, you know, they can do whatever for until they're 70, 75 years. Wow. A so lot of those the, guys are tough, tough, tough <laughs> bastards. What are, what are the different, I mean, what are the main events? Cat- category. Categories, events in a, in a rodeo. So like, like Bert alluded to, I mean, there's the there's rodeos that um, that are just normal everyday, more or less PRCA style rodeos, uh, which is gonna have your saddle bronc riding, your bareback riding, your calf roping, your barrel racing, and your bull riding. And those events, those are so those are what the majority of everyday people see. Um, we do ranch rodeos, which goes back to the original kind of what you do on a ranch. So it's a five-man team, four-man team, in, 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 in imitating having four or five guys working on a ranch. So, so you're working as a team. Exactly, you work ah. as a team. Oh, that's so a, I've never seen that. So it's really, really cool to watch. You really go back cool. to what you do on an everyday basis. So, you, like, there's bronc riding. Which, you know, I mean, we still break horses for a living, and there's lots of guys. And so that's one of the events, and that's the only single-man event is bronc riding. But everything else is done with a four- or five-man team. Um, there's calf branding, which we still do the calf branding. And in that, in that event, you have one guy that rides in horseback, or two sometimes, depending on the rodeo. But then you have two guys on the ground that are flanking, wrestling, mugging, whatever you want to call it. And then you have one guy that imitates branding a calf it's just with a branding iron and chalk in a bucket so you have a line drawn the guy rides across you rope two your two calves out whatever it may be whatever the rules are sometimes it's one sometimes it's two sometimes yeah. it's three you catch them out fastest team wins huh. so you drag them across the line flank them and brand them fake brand them turn them loose and you go get you another one and so it goes down you might have 15 teams in a rodeo and the fastest time wins uh, so that's one event. Cow milking, that's another event where they turn a cow loose, a full-grown cow. You have one guy that ropes, and then you have three guys on the ground. One guy has a long neck bottle or some sort of bottle that he has to actual milk the cow into the, like, squirt milk into the bottle. And so the guy ropes the cow, and then your other three guys on the ground have to mug and stop the cow long enough. How, how big is this cow? Cow weighed 1,200 pounds. Great. Dang. So you're wrestling a 1,200-pound yeah. beast. Animal. Yeah, that's wild. <laughs> that does that thinks you're trying to eat it. You know, I mean, it's fighting for so, its life. So, it's a rough. It's rough. I mean, like guys get the shit kicked out of them and get beat up pretty bad. It's a rough deal. How often what? do you guys get injured? What? Oh, ever. I mean, every rodeo somebody will be injured. You know. I, I think I mean, I'll stick to. I think I'll stick to fist fights. Yeah. So it's almost. It's a, so it's almost thing? like NASCAR. The only reason people watch NASCAR is they're waiting for watch the. Wreck. Wreck. Exactly. Just go to a rodeo. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it's one of those deals. There's uh, One of the things about rodeo that we appreciate in this field, and, and another thing that happens at rodeos and race, races, car races, automobile races, is when the national anthem is played, everybody stands and takes their hat off. You don't see some person kneeling or sitting while that national anthem is played that's for sure rodeo and race yeah, cars sure. absolutely every rodeo yeah. that i've been to with buster not only do they stand rise and sing the national anthem but somebody's riding with the flag sometimes yeah. multiple people riding with the flag every cowboy every spectator everybody in that arena is standing up hats off hands over hearts and then the next thing they always 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 do is show their appreciation for the military and, and what the military does on a daily basis mm-hmm. to allow people to be out there at the rodeos. It's remarkable. Absolutely phenomenal. You Again, quintessential America. Yeah, yeah I think it is. It doesn't matter if it's a little rodeo or a big rodeo. It all happens that way. Every time. And I'll jump in here and say, just for me, representing the cowboy, the the ranching lifestyle, the agricultural lifestyle, sitting here talking to you guys, I want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart for all you guys that have served and are serving. 
because if it wasn't for you guys, we wouldn't get to live the life that we get to live. And that's really heartfelt, no bullshit. That's always everybody in our industry feels the same way, whether they served or whether they hadn't served. And, you know, from me sitting here getting to BS with you guys today, that's awesome. But I do appreciate, and all of us appreciate, well, the sacrifices and, and, and we, that y'all have left. And we appreciate what you guys do, too, because without without food yeah, on a plate... It's the same. It goes both it's, ways. Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, yeah. it's a two-way street. I mean, without the food on the plate, you know, that we're eating, so... I, I, it, there ain't no military going on. It's so well, maintaining it's that very American much both culture. Ways. Yep. Yeah. Maintaining. Well, that and that's, well, that's, that's it. I was going to say, you know, that's another one we could chalk up in the manly manual is like just just what Ed said is, you know, that, that we have pride in our country and we're, exactly. you know what I mean? We, we take a moment to recognize what others have done for them. I mean, I think that's a very manly trait. So, you know, as you guys at home are filling out that and you're like, okay, I got to make sure and check these boxes. Yeah. That's a big one for me, I think. Uh, it's, huge. It's, it's respect you know i'm also <laughs> it's like a veteran i get people thank me all the time and i'm and i'm actually i'm i'm very humbled but i try to i try to push back to them it's like hey without without ranchers making sure that we eat and without businessmen making sure that commerce keeps going and without construction workers making sure that the roads and geez without police officers yeah police officers firefighters sure paramedics our nurses families doctors are safe. yeah it's, it's you know it's it's a very i mean it's a symbiotic relationship that that takes place there so i mean i bought a police officer's lunch yesterday and he looked at me like he's in front of in front of me in the line at mobetas and I told the guy, I said, just, I'll, I'll take that. And he, he didn't have, he didn't know what to say. Absolutely didn't know what to say. Because, you know, it's a, it's a, right now, I mean, you, as we're talking about this, you know, the gentleman rules of being a gentleman and also, like, the respect that's there. It's like, it's almost like, the, you know, we're, we're having a resurgence of respect. And right now, it's a hard time for police officers. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. a, it's a well, rough time. Well, and we, and we as people that are not in that field, same with the military people that, that are not in that field today you have to care you have it spreads it's like a cold or exactly. virus or anything mm -hmm. else is if somebody i'm sure in that restaurant saw me and i didn't do it for that but they'll think the next time they see a cop or they'll think so you know hey you know we we need to do we need to if not carry that on but at least have some respect for those people absolutely absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, we're we're almost done. I want to get to so we've got our lightning round questions and we've kind of slanted it a little bit because of peacemaker trading. So um, hopefully everyone's kind of in the loop and we'll get the, the references here. But um, start off with Jeff we'll work our way. So Jeff, Levi's a Wrangler. Oh, I, you know what? <laughs> wow. You, you know what? <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'll, I'll just say this: when you've got a leg, you, when you've got legs and a butt like me, you don't wear either. <laughs> <laughs> it, you're a no jeans kind of guy, huh? Yeah, I mean, it, it's just they just don't. I mean, they, if they fit my legs, they're falling off. So you're saying <laughs> they fit my waist, I can't get my legs in there, and so to, so. Neither. Fair. All right. Fair enough, Buster. Levi's. Levi's. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm Levi's too. What about you, Bert? Levi's. 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 I, All right. I haven't worn anything else for 60 years. I don't think. Unanimous. <laughs> it just, you know, it kind of went a tradition. The Levi's was made in America. Then they went to Mexico, and then they went to China, and then they kind of are coming back down. And the same way with fads, you know, people wore them, and then they didn't wear them. I just kept wearing them. I don't have a butt. So I gotta wear spenders. Keep them up. I still wear them. Hey, uh, I'm I'm gonna jump in here real quick. Yes, please. Kyle Noyce, uh, yes. I think Peacemaker Trading needs to make an appearance at the WRCA Finals in Amarillo. So Kyle, we were there last year, and uh, we got some pretty big stuff coming up. And I I, I think it's pretty, pretty pretty sure 100% positive that Peacemaker Trading Company will be back at the WRCA Finals in Amarillo uh, in November with uh, some even bigger news. So stand by, Kyle. Sorry, I just caught that out of the corner of my no, eye. But, no, great, great. But Kyle, we'll, uh, we'll be at the WRCA Finals in Amarillo. Look for Peacemaker Trading Company. And then also look for uh, Teskey's, Teskey's uh, Ranch Store. Well, Teskey's will also, they always have their booths set up there, but look for Teskey's as well. And come out, Buster will be competing more than likely. So Hope so. Look for, uh, look for Buster Frierson and his team out there as well. Sorry to interrupt, no, Kyle. No, so no, I just no, caught please. that out of the corner no, of my was, eye. That was great. Thanks for the support, Kyle. That was great. All right. Black or Pinto? What? 
beans. Oh. That was like, what? What are you talking about? Can't say that. Yeah, you know, man, that's a good one. Right? Uh, black beans. Black, black yeah. beans. Pinto. Pinto. All yeah. right. That makes sense. They're cowboy beans. I'm, I'm a black beans kind of guy. What about you? Pinto. Pinto. Pinto all the way. Pinto. But, but you know what, though? I got I to gotta put a part B in there because okay. one of my most favorite meals is eggs. There's this company called Ranch Beans. Not pork and beans. I hate pork and beans. Ranch style. Ranch style. So there's none of that sugar that shit that's in there. Oh, yeah. It's made with uh, beef fat and... and um, and it's pinto beans. So you <laughs> yeah. you mix on, it you, in with your eggs. You it is said absolutely. fat. What's that? You actually said fat. I said fat. <laughs> it's made with guys heard it. keto. It's, it's keto, made with yeah. yeah it's, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Oh, right? yeah. still yeah, haven't yeah, yeah. filled oh, Ed in on you. Oh, they're non-stop. they're delicious. Yeah. So so if I'm having a burrito, it's black, black beans. beans. But if I'm having my eggs, it's without a doubt pinto beans. Good to know. All right, next. And I probably. I think I know the answer to this, but I'm going to set it up. Fix or folder? Well, that depends. I carry a folder every single day of my life. I know. So who has a folder? Oh, let's measure dicks. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> mine. Wow. I'm, I'm really sad here. Can we, can we get a comparison? Uh, yeah. Man. Uh, Glock, Glock 43, does that, does that count? Is that all right? But you can you can see like the brown stains you know, on No busters. This. So uh -oh. this is. How about the, two? Oh, there we go. Uh, two. Two. Now look. Look, uh, like, since this, and, uh, and Ed's pulling his uh -oh, out. Ed's got one. So look at Buster's. There is such a remarkable history with ranchers oh, and cowboys cover. with the case. Oh, so, Jeff, great. here's where that comes in for us because Case Knives also <laughs> created the V42 fighting knife, which yes, the, yep. which the first special right. service force used. And, so and, the Raider, and the Raider buoy. And the Raider buoy. So, Case Knife Company and, and Buster, you'll probably never, ever find Buster or any of his buddies with a... Uh, without a case knife on him somewhere. Huh. Ed, Ed's got the smallest knife of us all. I think that makes him the well, winner. So yeah, the history behind Ed's knife is great here. So it, it looks like it's beat up here, but how old is that knife, Ed? It's older than you are. <laughs> and I'm, I'm 41, so uh, to put that in perspective. Bring your hand forward a little bit so, so you can, can catch it on the camera. camera. There we go. Yeah, yeah there we go. Guy. So Ed's had that in his pocket for at least 40 plus years, yeah. logging, wel welding get live gas pipelines, and <laughs> welding log uh, live do, gas pipelines. Do you know what the you know what the history of the tactical folder is? No, I do not. Let's do hear you guys it. know that. No. So back in the 90s, um, the uh, when we were kinder, gentler under, and uh, the the political correctness was really starting to take off, and that's where the term PC came from was under President Clinton. And so at that time, because we were going kinder and gentler, they, they, in the army, they were like no fixed bladed knives, I guess because they were scary or something like that. So they pushed <laughs> essentially fixed bladed <laughs> knives out, which if you think about it is absolutely ludicrous, but those were the times that we were in. So anyways, there were a couple of companies that came out and were like, hey, they the mill and these guys can't have um, fixed bladed knives because they're scary and then you had this company called Spyderco and then uh, mm -hmm. Cold Steel and those guys jumped on board and boom it was the birth of the tactical folder industry which is like geez that's got to be worth billions and billions so oh yeah absolutely thank you Bill Clinton I really like my tactical folder yeah, <laughs> <laughs> my, old, <coughs> my old timer stems from my dad he never carried a hunting knife a, a in sheath hunting knife he kept carried a, a five inch old timer and I still have those two knives <clears throat> and that's what he gutted elk with that's what he gutted his farm animals with that's what he skinned them with and I still have those two knives and I don't know how old they are but they're old wow that's cool blades are getting loose but they're they're still sharp America he, he knew how to sharpen a knife yeah all right next, next one t-bone or ribeye Ooh. easy but, yes T-bone. <laughs> ah, like T-bone. Yeah, I, I, I like a big porterhouse T-bone. I mean, they've got one. There's a place up here. You probably like it. I think it's Lone Star or Lone Longhorn. Excuse me. They've got one. It's it's supposed to be for two people, and it's like a forty ounce steak, and it is amazing. I get that and eat it myself. I don't. Yeah, I'm. Uh, bo uh, yes for me or both for me. Yeah. T-bone. I'm a T-bone guy. I never was much for ribeye. Just I, I don't know. I like, and anymore you see the butcher shops cut steak about like that. I like my steak about that thick, and 
them thin steaks. I don't like them. Yeah. See, if, then, see if you get both, then you just, you just stack them. Yeah, stack them. T-bone's more primitive. Yeah. yeah. It's got a bone in it. Yeah. You know, man. That's, it's kind of more like caveman-ish. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, I can get behind that. Savage gentleman. Savage there you go. gentleman. Yeah. And, then, and then follow up to that, how do, you, how do you cook it? How do you take it? Medium. Medium? Yeah. Ah, medium rare. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm... I'm I'm rare as rare can be. Like there's a thing they call blue rare, and a lot of times they don't like for you to do that for health reasons and stuff. But I mean, if, if you could just go sizzle, sizzle, and about that long, that's that's how I take it personally. What about you, Bert? Medium rare. Medium rare. I'm I'm medium. I I uh, I worked with a guy that was similar to you, only he just told him to run the hot water until they couldn't hand, hold her hand under it, put steak over it, <laughs> give it to her. And that's the way he ate them. Man. And that's a man right there. Nah, I guess. And it's all you fun know. and games so you get salmonella, I guess. Yeah. Well, that was, yeah, that was before those things were even, those, those uh, diseases like monkey fever and that stuff was even invented. Well, I'm, I'm serious, you know, you, you ate enough bad stuff that your immune system like just like gargary or whatever they call it. Giardia, yeah. Oh, drink, giardia. If, you drink, if, you, yeah. if water's coming from a well or out of a stream and you oh. drink that your whole life, you don't have to worry about giardia. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, that's exactly right. And we out in the mountains, you know, we never took filters or nothing with us. We kicked a hole in a trickle of water until it cleared up and drank out of it. It, t- it tells you how bad cholera is. If cholera is wiping out all those people <clears throat> in the old west, and their guts were and like as tough as they were, iron. cast iron. Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's yeah. A good yes. Point. no all doubt. Right. So this one might be a little esoteric. So if the people watching, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> it's it's very specific to uh, oh, okay. to one demographic. But and Jeff, I don't know if you'll even have an answer. To this Whalen or Willie? Oh, huh? Yeah, that's that's what I expected from you. So that's a that's gonna be a hard pass on Jeff. But but Buster, I'm, I listen this, to, I listen to the only kind of music there is. There's metal. The, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to go with Jeff's answer on the steak. Both. Both, yeah. Both. There you go. I mean, uh, I'm a whaling guy, but Willie, man, you can't. It, it, it is hard. If I if I had to choose, if I had to choose, I would go with whaling. A little bit, little bit edgier. Yes. You know what I mean? I'm but, right but I like them. But I like them both. What about you? I'm gonna say both on those two both. guys. I'm I'm a we I'm a huge fan of both those guys and the rest of you know Johnny Cash, uh-huh. Chris Christopherson, oh, you name it, Merle Haggard, you name it. And I'm again I. I'm going to go with both on those two okay, guys. Fair enough, Ed. Yeah, I got to say both. I, if you ever get a chance, read Willie's book. Yeah. And uh, talks about him and Wayland's acquaintances, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, they never did get along a lot. If you ever heard the song, and uh, is still king in Texas, you I can't remember the song. Bob Wills. Bob Wills is still the king. Wayland wrote that because Willie thought he was the king in Texas. Yeah. And Willie says that in his book. Wow. So, How about but, that? But it's it's I, I like them both. All right, last one, and based off of our previous answers, I think I'm, I know what everyone's going to go with on this one. But whiskey or bourbon, Jeff? Yes. Yeah, I knew that was coming. I knew that was coming. How about you? Well, back when I did drink, I don't drink anymore. But back when I did drink, is whiskey. Whiskey? Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm a whiskey. I lean more whiskey, Scotch kind of uh side of the board myself how about you bird i'm uh whiskey i don't drink much either but when i do drink it's if i had my choice it'd be whiskey, whiskey. and uh bud heavy there you go oh that and i was actually toying i was gonna say bud or bud light but yeah. i didn't put that Whis- one whiskey and bud heavy and i don't like fancy whiskey either i think jeff and i are in the same boat respect yeah. I, I'm, I'm okay drinking evan, evan, evan williams. williams or jack daniels <laughs> like i'm i'm good with it so I better bring my old crow in. That's, there you go. That's whiskey. That's my whiskey. That's what we learned here. Old crow. All right. So whiskey across the board. There nice. you go. Nice. So that's that's the lightning round. I hope you guys enjoyed that playing at home and get a little insight to the to the minds of some of the manliest men we have around here. These guys are pretty awesome. It's always humbling to be in their presence. You learn so much cool stuff. Um, and so hopefully you guys kind of picked up on that. Jeff, do you have anything to... You know, just make sure that you tune in on Monday. We've got Jeremy Horn that's coming in, and we're going to talk about martial arts myths. 
aka bullshit. Um, <laughs> and so we're going to talk about that. And um, Jeremy's usually very even keel, and oh, yeah. you want to see Jeremy get riled up. It's like the two <laughs> things that get him riled up is getting in the ring, fighting somebody, and talking about the you know voodoo martial arts that are out there. You will see an animated Jeremy Horn, so it should be good. So what's going to happen with the new fight that's coming out oh, between? Oh, we're going oh, to talk about boy, that. Yeah. We're going to talk about that too. When is when's that? I believe that's the end of August. They're slated, because there's a lot of hype. Oh yeah, about that. No, big big time hype. It's gonna be a hot topic. Well, if you guys don't mind, so before we just to give a plug to Buster here, he is Buster is uh, is new to Instagram. So if you're out there on Instagram, <laughs> uh, follow Buster at at Buster Frierson. B u s t e r f r i e r s o n. Buster Frierson on uh, Instagram. And the same for Bert. Yeah. Yeah, yeah mine's, pe- mine's Peacemaker Training. At, Are you uh, at on Peacemaker Instagram, Training. really? I have both accounts, but I use, I don't use my personal one very much. Peacemaker is not about me. It's about America. So Peacemaker Training uh, is our... Uh, the big great t-shirt. It's, it's if, not about if he's me, on Instagram, the next, the next yeah. thing you know, he's going to be shaving every day. Yeah, Did you I shave this morning, that. Ed? I did not. <laughs> is that why you're sitting with your back to the camera? I've been coming in the black black rifle for six months now, and Ed asked me every day if I shaved. Did you shave today, Bert? And I finally got him today. He showed up, and uh, he's got a little bit of a five o'clock shadow there. <laughs> All right, Buster, lastly, Buster, final yeah. words. Yeah, man, I just want to say thank you for having me. I enjoyed I enjoyed shit out of it. I've, I've, I've enjoyed my trip up here to see and meet you guys, and uh, I'm just, man, I'm in awe just being around you guys. It's uh it's very humbling to me to get to be around such manly men <laughs> guys that have done lots of different things you know i mean it's really 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 cool thank y'all for having me i appreciate it and if you're ever in texas you're never down around fort worth look me up come hang out and we'll Absolutely. you're on Absolutely. we'll go string some fence up or yeah be careful what you ask for there investors <laughs> like hey i gotta go check something out you want to join me you need to have gloves on good solid boots the leather sole welted on and uh and, and have a bunch of water <laughs> like like 10 bottles of water because they'll drink one an entire day we go wrestle some cows yes i'm in you in. in yeah in. outstanding all right Perfect. you guys we'll see you on monday thank y'all thank you pete thank you